Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Presented by Mosing Motor Cars. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengale. I'm in studio with Les Kaiser. Yowza. And Mr. Jonathan Green is on the road to Macau for the Macau Grand Prix to do his 25th Macau Grand Prix doing the commentary out there. Oh, that is so cool. And, you know, that's one of those, you know, around here stateside, we have to put a real effort in to see any of it. But I want you all to make a point of it. Go and check those out. Nice segue, Mr. Kaiser, because we are going to be carrying the Macau Grand Prix on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. So you, and we'll be carrying it live. So we'll be, they'll be uh, streaming it there. So check our website in the coming next couple of days, actually, and follow our Twitter and Facebook. Speedcitybroadcast.com. Yep. And we'll put up all the links and make sure that we'll put a banner on the homepage, of course, but we'll put up some links on social media to talk about that. And of course, why you need to listen to and watch the Macau Grand Prix? Because this is the future stars, boys and girls. It's it's in one of those places where I mean the names that have come through there over the decades and gone into Formula One is truly a who's who, and it's no different. And in fact, uh, there, there's going to be some guys there that are going to be certain to be in Formula One in the long haul. So it's it's one of the one of those little things if you don't know about, then you got to check it out. Check it out online first, and then, of course, check it out on our website in the next coming days. But but speaking of Formula One, let's talk about Formula One because we were back in action this week, Les. And, you know, it, it uh, overall, the race got a little slow towards the end, but it was really – it was a great, amazing start. And I guess the big thing, of course, was Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well – I don't know. I'll say I'll back up to uh, the big thing was watching number 44 slam into a wall during qualifying and not make it back. So well, of course, yeah. that started matters. But uh, yeah, Vettel, great run. Just uh, just love seeing him do so well. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure liking that guy a lot more nowadays. You know, I'm going to step back because what you said about Hamilton, that, that was really one of the big stories of the weekend, of course, with Hamilton hitting the wall. And, you know, a little obviously very uncharacteristic and in, in, uh, going out. It was the first turn, first lap of qualifying. So, but he hit that wall pretty good. I don't yeah. know if you saw that, but. Uh, well, I'll, you know, what I did is, you know, I. One of the things I like is they've got that little dial, though. So you can see the G-force 4. going 9. on. 4.9, I Boy, saw it that. slammed right against the maximum of, of that dial. So, Well, what I was about to say is, I don't know if you saw, but had, I was watching his helmet, and his helmet moved pretty good at the end, right when he hit that wall. Yeah. And just for a split second, I thought, when I first saw it, I thought I didn't look that bad. But then I saw his helmet bounce around a little bit, and I thought, I wonder if he's going to be okay. And if you notice, when they... Uh, radioed in they said are you are you okay sebastian and there was a quite long pause i mean it was like at least 15 seconds before he said something and in fact the nbc guys went to commentary in between those two conversations on the radio and i think they probably knew he was okay they probably all the sensors in the car they probably knew he was fine but that was a little bit scary but but that of course led to an interesting start to the race because lewis hamilton was not on the front row and yeah and vettel you know and you know really the to me the big thing of the uh, the beginning of the race is that 
Botas had everything to prove and a lot to lose, and I just, he did not show himself well. You know, he uh, he did he immediately was not as fast as Vettel out of the out of the gate, right? And and really never threatened him. I mean, he didn't he never let Vettel get away, but right. but he never threatened him at all. No, no, he didn't. And that's just something that you know. After all of that, starting the mess of the qualifying. I think the entire field was kind of shook up on what was going to happen. A lot of people looking over their shoulder towards uh, Lewis, knowing that he's going to come through the head of steam, which he absolutely did and had some great racing. He even called it, you know, he was having so much fun that it reminded him of the kart racing days. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, you know, at one point, I don't remember where it was probably halfway or so. I thought, could he possibly come back? I, I immediately was thinking he could probably get on the podium, uh, that he could. But I thought, could he win this race? I knew that was a long shot. Uh, winning would be a long shot. And I thought he would make it up into the about the top five, top seven spots because that's where his real competition is. Yeah, I, Everybody I would, else knows that they're going to step aside, let him by, you know, you know, somebody may argue the point, but I think Fernando let him by. Yeah, it did kind of look awfully friendly. A couple of those passes looked awfully friendly, you know. But I mean, well, look, we're okay. Are... Look, if you're if you're that much faster than me, am I really going to try to you know get in your way? I'm just going to be a jerk, you know, in the audience's view. So that was, I I think they handled it, hopefully the way I would have handled it. And it's like you're way faster than me. Just just go on and don't mess me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, here we are. We're two races to the end. Not not that everybody is not ultra competitive, but. Uh, yeah, the championships won. The constructor championship is won. So I think you probably saw a little bit of that as well. But but yeah, let's just run down the the, the grid real quick. So obviously Sebastian Vettel won it. Then Valtteri Botas came in second. He was only two and a half second, two point seven seconds behind him. Then Kimi Raikkonen, then Lewis Hamilton, of course, made it into made it to fourth. And Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo right after that. And then Felipe Massa, an emotional final race in Sao Paulo for him. And then. Fernando Alonso up in eighth. That was good to see. Sergio Perez and Nico Hulkenberg in tenth, and of course, the Haas boys. That was the honestly. That was just yeah. That was very very disappointing. Obviously, Magnussen uh, didn't finish, and Grosjean finished fifteenth. And and we've got some clips we want to play. I want to play Grosjean's as well. But uh, but yeah, that was pretty disappointing, and definitely wanted to see uh, because Haas is so close. In the constructors' points, you know, I wanted to see them have a good race, and but it did, was not to happen. I, I, one of my favorite parts of Lewis Hamilton's path to the front from starting in the pit road, yeah, which I think somebody pointed out, maybe it was NBC or somewhere on Twitter, was, but that was probably the best place for him to start, considering the melee that incurred on the on the first lap. But one of my favorites was watching Lewis Hamilton come up on Verstappen because that's the one that I expected not to be friendly. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Verstappen, he's he is obviously <laughs> talented. I'm going to say he's still got that youthful exuberance and, and uh, lack of restraint at times. How's that? You you, ha- you showed an incredible <laughs> lack of restraint yourself just then. Youthful exuberance. No, I I actually I really like Max Verstappen. Oh, and, I do too. And I like I like it that he's aggressive. So uh, I I think that's the right word is aggressive. Well, okay, so he's exciting to watch. I'll say that whether it's you know the the turn sixteen, seventeen, eighteen here at the USGP cutting through the inside. 
you know, passing in the rain on the outside, you know, a couple of races ago, things like that. I love that he's that bold to try it. I don't know if he just doesn't know any better or he's that <laughs> confident. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, it's certainly going to be fun to watch him next year. And well, we got one more race. We got two weeks. I guess it's, that race is the Sunday after Thanksgiving, so that'll be kind of fun. Fin- finish up the Thanksgiving weekend with the final F one race. Be sure and plan your naps accordingly. <laughs> plan your tryptophan. Or how do you pronounce that? <laughs> the, the the ingredient in turkey that makes you sleepy, tryptophan or whatever. But yeah. uh, I want to go back to the Haas F one team. Um, you know, it was. It was disappointing, like I was saying, because we wanted some points to get Haas up in the Constructors' Championship points. But uh, Magnussen, at the beginning, he made contact with Stoffel Van Dorn of McLaren, sending both cars out. And then not really not much li- uh, later in turn six, I think it was, Grosjean spun off the track as he, you know, he was fighting for a place and, uh, and, and took out Esteban Ocon, who had had 27 consecutive finishes in Formula 1. And he was not happy either. In fact, let's play the first clip. I want to play the uh, Esteban Ocon clip because I think that that was a, a good one just for the fact that he did have that long 27 race oh, yeah. streak of finish. Let's hear from Esteban Ocon. It's been three years since uh, I haven't retired in, uh, in single-seater. Um, and I'm not liking it at all. Um, especially, you know, it was not uh, my fault today. You know, Roman lost it in, in turn six um, and then damaged both of my rims so I couldn't bring the car back to the pits because of that so um, you know he took the penalty and I think it's deserved today alright so he said it was Grosjean's fault now I want to play the clip from Roman Grosjean because it's weird Les it's funny these guys have <laughs> have a very very different perspective you know it's funny. it's like they weren't even at the same race but yeah let, let's hear Roman Grosjean the only thing I can say is I got massively hit in turn one and I believe I had a puncture uh, on the rear left so I got to turn six and I lost the car, but I think it was just a puncture, so getting on top of that penalty is, yeah. I won't make any comment, but I'm not super happy with it. I'm not too happy with it. <laughs> not super happy with it. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put that. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and we're going to come back to a lot more Formula One discussion, and we're going to do a lot more MotoGP discussion, and because that... Marquez, <sighs> what he did today was phenomenal. What a great way! Is this for- a, just a new place to do motorcycle stunts? I- <laughs> I'm going to throw this in in the middle of a race. It is really true, but but next up after the break, we are completely over the top excited because we have Max Crawford, who, if you don't know who he is, he is kind of a, a legend in motorsports, building some of the most amazing race cars, and we are going to get to geek out with him because he is part of the new team that's building the new F3 championship, the U.S. F3 cars that are going to be really, this is going to be a really and they, exciting. And they're actually using halos on these. I mean, that's, that's how advanced these cars yep, are. Yep, and that's going to be part of our discussion for sure because there's been a lot of discussion and controversy about the F1 halos. Well, these guys are going to use them first. So stick with us after this break because Max Crawford's going to be with us and you're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. 
Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Mosing Motor Cars is Texas's only authorized dealer for Superformance products. Superformance's Mark III is the only Cobra replica built under license from Carroll Shelby. There's no finer example of a Cobra around. Mosing and Superformance is your supplier for all the great race cars of history. The GT40, the Mark III Cobra, the Corvette Grand Sport, and the Shelby Cobra Daytona Coupe. Mosing Motor Cars, 2420 West Breaker Lane, online at mosingmotorcars.com. Superformance and Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education for 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. Catch up on the latest headlines anytime at Talk1370.com. driver of the Tequila Patron Toyota Camry Nitro Funny Car. This is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. That's what 5,000 horsepower sounds like, Mr. Kaiser. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm afraid that that candle is going out for Miss Alexis. Oh, uh, really? She's announced that uh, this may be her last season of racing. And uh, so I'll try to get a hold of her and see what's going on, what she's yeah. got planned for the rest of the year. Well, we are very excited to have our next guest on the phone because we are going to geek out and talk some technical talk, talk about some technology and race cars because we have Max Crawford. Max, welcome to Speed City. Thank you very much. Well, we really are excited to talk to you. And I, I want to, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you, where you got to where you are right now as far as the recent history with, uh, with Enroque and Liget, because I know you, get, you have a bit of a, a complex transaction there. It's got like a spiderweb technology all coming together perfectly. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit, I'm afraid, <laughs> it's a bit messy. Uh, yes, I sold my composite company and then uh, started to flounder around a little bit and ended up with uh, doing the F4 program. And uh, that uh, we met the people from Onroke, uh, the Nicolais, and we put this deal together where we bought the uh, racing division from the 
owners of Crawford Composites. And uh, so here I am today being the GM for America. So not not a hard story, but a great story. Well, good. I'm glad I, I'm glad you said it because I knew I was going to get something wrong in that story. But, but Max, we're really excited because you have such a, a fantastic history in racing and building cars and... And, and really, we're so excited because of the F4 and the F3 championships here in the United States with, with the association with the FIA and with such a fantastic ladder through the system up to Formula One for based here in the United States. I mean, we're just ecstatic about the whole s- series and setup and both series. Yeah, well, uh, well, thank you for your kind words. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the F4 is uh, an unmitigated um, success. It's fantastic. It's um, it's turned out to be a great, great product, a great little car. It does everything that uh, everybody requires of it. Uh, obviously, you've probably watched the racing, and we've had lots and lots of winners and and uh, different podiums with with different people all the time. I mean, there is the cream always rises to the top. But uh, with the 30, 30 plus car fields, we've had some really, really good racing, and uh, been to some really good venues. And um, I sit on the World Council for single-seaters, for, and so I'm very much involved with FIA on the single-seater uh, rules and regulations. And uh, so I uh, was uh, quite heavily involved in the F4 originally, and now what we call Formula 3 Regional is a regional series that will be in America, and we are the guinea pig, really, for 2018. Uh, it is going to be in every other country introduced, but there'll still be Formula 3 International in Europe. So it's a new product. Um, uh, originally, it was intended that it would be a upgraded F4, a bit like uh, British, uh, British uh, Formula 3. Uh, but uh, with the Billy Munger accident, uh, everything changed uh, drastically in, um, in uh, February. And now we have a new product, a new chassis, a new set of rules and regulations for safety. So quite a quite a uh, an upgrade. Well, so I, I know I want to talk about the halo because that's obviously a big part of safety and everything else. But but talk about you, know, you talked about Billy's accident and and how that changed things. So, you know, I think when I first think of a, the step up from an F3, excuse me, to an F4 to an F3, I'm thinking, OK, it's more power. Uh, that I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's going to be faster, and but but it sounds like that safety is a big part of the step up too. Obviously, you've got a car that that will go faster, that will generate probably more downforce, more g forces in the corners, and so I'm assuming safety is a big part of that cha- that step up, right? Well, actually, that's that's the main reason behind it. the The chassis is all new, uh, so the the Formula Three Regional and Formula Three International will be a shared chassis. Uh, dimensions, and so everybody will have their own little uh, takes on what the rules and regulations are, but uh, it's a shared product. It's quite a lot longer in the chassis, and everything that we normally have on the front of the car, you know, the master cylinders, the, the uh, steering rack, etc., etc., is all inside the car now, so the chassis is quite a lot longer and so a lot more safe. Um, the uh, We follow very closely to the Formula One regs now, uh, with regarding the cockpit area, uh, the height of the secondary roll cage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's um, a huge step up uh, from what we'll call the lower grades of, of single seaters. So we have uh, side impact structures that uh, the two beams that stick out on either side of the car. Uh, we have 
uh, anti-intrusion panels, but they cover the whole front of the chassis. Uh, on the leading edge of the chassis, there's a large intrusion panel, uh, or anti-intrusion panel, we'll call it, um, and uh, also, as you mentioned, the halo. So the halo is uh, quite an undertaking. Um, obviously, the FIA have done a lot of um, testing with it, and we've been involved in that uh, from for the last quite a few months now. And uh, we've uh, built a halo for what we what, what our test car is at the moment, um, and uh, it's going through some rigorous testing. Obviously, the Halo for the Formula One car is titanium, but that's uh, really cost prohibitive for the lower formulas. And uh, so we are building ours in uh, Chrome Molly 4130 and being heat treated. So uh, we are building one now for another test by the Global Institute. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty neat project. Well, I, I definitely the Halo is, is such a huge part of this. A discussion just because it's the newest thing and but I, I do want to step back for just a second and say that and all you guys that are part of making racing safer it's just a, a phenomenal thing because we just it is so much safer than it was a decade or two ago especially but thank you guys for all that but uh, but that but going back to the halo the it looks so similar the one that i've seen on the on the pictures of the f3 car that's been released looks almost identical to the one that I've seen pictures of in Formula One, is the is the halo is the design, the shape, the the, the way it mounts, all those things are all those have those all been standardized by the FIA or how does that work? No, that's absolutely right. It's it's built to a to a standard. So the one that would go on our Formula Three regional car is identical uh, to the Formula One. So they're they're, they're an identical product. You know, I saw that. In fact, the, the quote that I saw, it says it'll be the first single-seater, your F3 cars, it'll be the first single-seater like the F1 cars to incorporate the Halo device from 2018. And, and that's what made me think it may be the actual identical piece. So that's that's really interesting. And so it, you guys saying it'll be the first single-seater, are you, how are you, will you be the first? I mean, I know F1 next year also has the Halo as well. Well, from what I understand that for next year, the uh, Formula 1 uh, Formula E, Formula Two, and Formula Three regional will regional. will is a ma- mandated for the uh, for the halo. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on the Formula uh, Two car because a new car was released and really be- released before the new rules and regulations. But I do believe that uh, I'm told that they are going to be able to do that. But yes, uh, we are sort of uh, groundbreaking a little bit on this. It's quite a it's quite an undertaking. It's not an easy piece to make. Um, it has a, a, a lot of rules and regulations, and it has to go through rigorous testing uh, for us to be able to use it. So we've been hot and heavy into the into the design phase and and all of the testing. Um, with, as I say, we're just finishing another one now that's going to the Global Institute to be tested. Well, you know, in seeing when they bring a new car to the sports car arena and they've got to go through, you know, what's the proper roll cage design and they appraise that and then evaluate that. I can only imagine that, you know, you can't just bolt on this halo to to something. And so, you know, obviously the pickup points and the attachment points are going to come into play. And, you know, quite honestly, and and let me just tell you, I I think the world of Nicky Lauda, but I was quite disappointed in his comment that he said, uh, of the halo idea that we're treating drivers like babies by putting a halo over them now. And I'm just like, that is so wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all, we've all gone through from the space frame uh, tubular chassis and we've gone into the composite chassis and we've 
made advanced a lot of advances in the composite chassis, and we have really now what I would call quite safe cars. Um, so the, the biggest issue is, and 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 I won't use any names, uh, but we I, I've seen accidents that we have reproduced, um, and it it is amazing what it does, absolutely amazing. So it's a lifesaver. It it is really great. Um, I don't know whether you ever remember or recently that Alonso crashed and and he was upside down, couldn't get yeah, out of the car. Yeah, yep, exactly. Well, we reproduced that, and uh, he was able just to get out from underneath that. So it has a it has a lot of a lot of redeeming features. So I, I've been uh, heavily criticised for it too. Everybody says, "Well, it's ugly," and it's this and that other thing. And but I'll be honest with you, now it's just like that ugly car you saw for the very first time after a wee while it grows on you. But it, <laughs> it, and it's not that it's not that ugly. It actually is quite. Uh, it's 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 trendy. It's real trendy. It's a it's a new it's new. And it will be everywhere, so it'll be, you know, we'll all accept it very easily from here on. Well, I think it'll be normal, as you said. Before long, it's just taken for granted, like the seat belts, like everything else we've seen come through racing. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I no. can, I love the idea that you guys, the, the simulating you've done, because uh, there's so much technology in simulation now that I bet you mm-hmm. guys can really get accurate on reproducing all types of crashes, including the ones like you said, the ones actual crashes, but the the, the technology and being able to produce, uh, reproduce, and then test all different scenarios, uh, I, I would imagine that's a huge part of what this is all about. Well, that, that's absolutely right. I, I mean, as I said to you, we've been testing it for quite some time, and uh, we've even gone to the point of, of uh, firing a wheel at it at uh, 220, 225 kilometers. So we've wow. we've seen what what that does now, and 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 the drivers is absolutely survivable. So uh, it's amazing what it does. It's performance of it. It's it's quite a it's quite a lot of work gone into the design um, and the mounting of it. You are correct that the chassis has to be built to to accept it. Uh, but uh, once you've witnessed that video, you are a believer. Believe me. Yeah. Well, Max, can you stick with us to a real quick break here? Because we've got a lot more questions for you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and listen to Speed City. We're here in Austin. And when we come back, we'll continue discussion with Max Crawford to talk about the new Formula 3 United States Championship coming next year. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. 
Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. What's up? This is Bilko, Freestyle Motocross Rider with the Nitro Circus, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. We are on the phone with Max Crawford, and I just wanted to talk about Max, just a little bit more, Max. I was reading about your bio and the the the, uh, the technology you guys have done with composites and aerodynamics over the years. Uh, it's just phenomenal, and uh, couldn't be more excited to, to continue this discussion about about the new F3 series. But uh, one thing I definitely got to ask you is that one of the, the the whole concepts behind the F3 and F4, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the ability to make this system, this, these series, uh, affordable. And last week we had Steve Oseth on. He talked about the F4 costing only $51,600. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the costs and what you guys do to, to keep the cost down? Absolutely. Well, obviously, we follow the guidelines of the FIA. Uh, Formula 4 Worldwide is a is, is a product that they have, uh, regardless of whether you buy um, a Crawford or a uh, Miguel or, or Tatis, uh, we are still bound by the same rules and regulations regarding the cost and also the cost of the replacement parts. And so the idea was to have an affordable product for uh, younger uh, drivers to come through and older. Actually, we have quite a few older people coming um, that uh, can afford to run um, coming out of go-karts. And in actual fact, in a lot of instances, it's actually a little bit cheaper than some of the high-end go-karts. So, <laughs> so you're right, the, the car is... Uh, I, the, the chassis is $46,680. <laughs> and then you get your engine from Honda for uh, $6,600 for the lease for the year. Um, then the, the chassis and, um, I'm sorry, the gear, uh, the engine gearbox are supposed to uh, have to do 10,000 kilometres. That's by rule. Otherwise, they have to go back to the manufacturer. Um, the replacement parts uh, set a set price. So it's quite an, uh, quite a, quite a, a economical. Um, it is uh, a great, great little package with a very, very strict guidelines from the FIA. That's that's how we get to that. So if you move on to the F3, F3 regional uh, is another set price, but this this is a little different now. Um, the Formula 3 regional car comes with an engine. It's a complete uh, turnkey car. It comes with a gallon of gas, and it's finished. It's 119800 and it, um, it has all of the uh, attributes of the Formula 4, uh, same 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 system. Um, all of the parts are priced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, same guidelines. Well, I got to ask. So, uh, okay, Les wants to come play in. in <laughs> you know, let's say the F three. What's it gonna? What kind of budget is a team gonna need to compete? 
you know, on a decent scale for a season? Well, we've been doing, uh, I can answer the question, we'll, we'll use the Formula 4 as the example, but the Formula 4, uh, most of our teams are anywhere between uh, 100 and a quarter and 170,000 for the for the uh, season. Um, so with the Formula 3 car, we actually have built a mule car and been testing for the last five months. And uh, we have beaten the, the ever-living daylights out of this little car <laughs> and we've not replaced anything. And so we now have considerable miles on this car. So the odd thing about this is it has uh, a limited slip diff in it uh, as opposed to the open diff in the Formula 4. And we found that the tyre wear is a little more even. So Huh. Uh, rather surprising, the I don't believe that the budgets are going to be that much greater than the Formula than the Formula Four. You know that surprises awesome. me. That's great, and that surprises me that it's only 125 to 170 for the F4. I, I don't know. If I had to guess, I was thinking this would be three to five hundred thousand dollars for these. But that yeah, is no. that's that's amazingly reasonable considering the 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 level of of instruction, really, the level of experience that you're starting to build through a, a, a certified FIA ladder. You know, even at that price, I'm a little short. Can you spot me, John? <laughs> no problem. I'll pick up yours, too. We'll do two of them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Max, you know, uh, tell us about the F3. Who are you seeing come towards the F3 as uh, potential participants around this? Well, obviously, a lot of the people, uh, well, the most of the prep shops that run Formula 4s, Obviously, uh, it's a great business model for them to run a Formula 4 and a Formula 3 or 2 and 2 if you want. Um, but we're also seeing a lot of other people coming in uh, inquiring about Formula 3. It's, uh, it's, it's quite odd, actually. A lot of people for, that, that, that I met at the runoffs were very, very interested in this product um, just because of its affordability. And, and it actually has great performance. So a lot of people who have been driving for a while... Uh, don't want to go down and step down back into a Formula 4. It's it's just performance is not there for them. Uh, but for the Formula 3 car, it's uh, 270 horsepower. Uh, the car runs uh, at it's 650 kilogram, but that's with uh, driver weight. Um, so we've been testing it. Actually, Dane Cameron's been doing a lot of the testing for me, and we have actually put some Formula 4 uh, drivers through it and, and a couple of other drivers from other... other uh, series and we've got some really good feedback but the car is phenomenal it's, it's just been a great little product so far max here's here's what i go away all of this you know john john and i will talk technology with you all day and all night but here's the nugget that i think really comes through we now have a place in the u.s for an fia trail towards formula one that's really defined now am i right in that no you're absolutely right that's exactly what we do have yes sir and speaking of that, and talk about super license points now, I believe, in the F3? Yep. Super license points for Formula 4 and Formula 3. For Formula 4 and Formula 3. I was thinking it was just Formula 3. That is awesome because, you know, one of the things that we always talk about is trying to get Americans in Formula 1. And there's only a couple of guys. Well, who is it? Alexander Rossi, who may still hold his. And I don't, I don't know. Connor, uh, I don't know if Connor ever actually no, but got like, his completed. And then you've got uh, Santino Ferrucci. Yep, Santino Ferrucci. And so, yeah, it, it's it's great that we can start accumulating super license points in uh, an American series like this. So, uh, we'll talk about Max. One thing I also want to talk about is the uh, 
the the things like Pirelli tires and Brembo brakes uh, are Pirelli yep. tires are let's start with the tires are the Pirelli tires are they going to be similar to what we see in other series are they going to be sp- uh, specific for the F3 and F4 how, how are they going to work well we have a specific tire that we use for the Formula Four and uh, it has been it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and so obviously our our want was to be able to import one tyre and use it on the Formula 3 as well. Well, we did all the testing on the Formula 3, so we've tested in 97-degree weather and in cooler weather, uh, and the tyre has performed absolutely perfectly. Uh, we, we're certainly not going to change it. The the performance of the of that tyre is great. So we, uh, we went down to Kershaw to put miles on the car, and Kershaw is a bit like a cheese grater. It's a... The tracks are very old and, and, and it's hard on tyres. But uh, we ran through uh, several tanks of fuel um, and we did a lot of electronic stuff, a lot of t- uh, tuning and so forth, so it was in and out a lot. Uh, the next day we were still running on the same set of tyres and at just after lunch we set our quickest lap. So huh. uh, be able to run in a day and a half on one set of tyres, pretty phenomenal. So, I mean, they... They were gutted, but just goes to show you that even even at their very uh, worn out stage, they were still quick. All right. So one of the things I know you touched on it, but I really haven't. I want to go a little deeper on this. the uh, The engine is the Honda K twenty series, and it's the turbocharged version in the F three and naturally aspirated in the F four. So two hundred seventy horsepower. This is slightly detuned from the new street version of the Civic Honda Civic R. Which Correct. having the engine at the way that this new Honda Civic R has been received by the automotive press has been, you'd think it was the new, the latest McLaren or Ferrari because they are just <laughs> ranting and raving about this front wheel drive car, and I yeah. haven't even, I haven't really, I haven't seen any, uh, seen anything about racetracks or anything. But, but the fact that this engine is the same one, I mean, it's got to be, uh, you got to, got to be pretty excited about that. Well, that's one of the great things about it is, as you pointed out, it's detuned. Uh, So we had to uh, pick a horsepower that we felt that was commensurate with the car's performance and also um, the drivers. So I can tell you that it's got enough uh, torque and horsepower that you have to be gentle. Um, With the Formula 4, well, the one thing we didn't want, because this car has quite a lot of aero on it, uh, we didn't want a car that was uh, around the 220 horsepower uh, because nine, normally you can arrive at the corner with your hair on fire, throw the brakes out, turn the car, stand on the throttle, and off you go. You know, that yeah. really wasn't what we were looking for. What we were looking for was something where the guy would have to respect the throttle. Um, and I can tell you that this is it because we have, uh, where we've tested, there's been some uh, long carousel corners and you have to be gentle. And when you come out of a corner and you stand on it, um, it'll jump out on you. So it is it, it is almost the right horsepower for this for the tire and the chassis. Yeah, two hundred and seventy horsepower at what, eleven hundred and fifty pounds. That that's a nice power yeah. to weight ratio. So I can imagine that's gonna be a pretty fast car. I can't wait to see what these cars lap on Circuit of the Americas. I think the F four cars were just, I think if I recall correctly, just over two-minute lap times. I bet you the F3 are going to be significantly faster around Coda. But, um, well, Max, we're just we're just about out of time, but I want to leave the last little bit to, to let you talk about anything that you want to talk about with the new series, with the new car itself, uh, with the new on-road uh, relationship. What uh, What is it that we haven't talked about? 
Well, obviously, the on-route relationship is phenomenal for me because we have, we obviously have the F4 and F3 products, and we also have the P3s, which uh, is a really, really uh, cool car. Um, we obviously are involved with the P2s and the D- and the DPIs, and so we're sort of a little bit at every level we can be at. We've got uh, every uh, product for everything. Uh, we have a new car coming out uh, that's uh, sort of for uh, club events is is a, a called a P4. Uh, so we've got a lot of products that um, sort of fit the bill for everything. Uh, Lige is uh, is. Uh, well, we've been in business now in, in America now for a year and, and a month, and uh, believe me, it's been a, uh, a hectic year, but uh, the growing has been fantastic, and so we're looking forward to uh, 2018. Well, man, oh, yeah. so are we. We are very <laughs> excited about this. So, uh, Max Crawford, thank you so much for coming on to Speed City, and we hope to talk to you as soon as we can the next time. Well, I really appreciate you having me on board, and all the best, and thank you very much. You thank bet. you. Travel safe, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Man, that, uh, th- this is a fascinating discussion. And, I, 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 you know, and Max is, is always so friendly with this. What a gentleman I, he is, yeah. man. He's such, such a nice guy, man, for being such a, a genius with composites and aerodynamics <laughs> yeah. and all that. So such, such a humble guy as well. But You realize we'd have put Jonathan to sleep on this. <laughs> <laughs> he picked a good time to be traveling to Macau. I bet he's, he, bet he's just about getting there. No telling what time it is over yeah, there. It's That's, early morning about now. So, all right. Uh, well, hey, we're, we're going to go and take our break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little more F1. And we're also going to talk about the incredible feat by Mark Marquez in MotoGP. Went, wrapping up the championship championship today so stick with us after the break speed city live in austin texas Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Envy Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Envy Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Bozing Motor Cars is Central Texas's source for classic performance cars. British, German, Italian, Japanese, and American. Ready for that special car you've always dreamed of? Bozing has you covered. Looking to sell a classic? Let Mosing handle all the details and get that special vehicle in the hands of the right buyer. Visit the showroom at 2420 Westbreaker Lane or call 512-821-9491. Or browse the garage online at mosingmotorcars.com. Mosing Motor Cars. Drive yourself happy. 
Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Michael Zweiback, driver of the number two discount tire Porsche. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City, presented by Mosing Motor Cars. Welcome back to Speed City. I think we're going to jump into some MotoGP, but first I want to say hi to all the folks who are out at Circuit of the Americas this weekend for the 24-hour series that were out there. Les, you got to go out there a little bit and check out all the cool cars. I did, and I got to see Shay Adam, speak to her for a while. And, you know, it's a really cool series, but quite honestly, folks don't know a lot about it, and including myself, I'll say that. It's a fantastic series. There were 40 teams out there, only four from the United States. I mean, it is uh, predominantly UK, Germany especially, but uh, was uh, phenomenal. But uh, there was one gentleman out there. I, I wanted to have some time with him and uh, honestly just never timed it right. But the CEO of Aston Martin, Andy Palmer, was sitting in the seat cool, taking his laps. And he's quite accomplished, quite honestly. And, and you know, he's our age, doing great, but... Uh, can you imagine being our age and being in charge of Aston Martin? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good mix. That Us in charge suck. of Aston Martin. <clears throat> that does they, not suck. They they would all be a lot faster. I don't know about safer or, or uh, roadworthy yeah. or anything else, but they'd be faster. <laughs> no, so he was out there competing in the 24H event. Uh, the 24H series is a neat series. They travel all around the world. I'll say they're primarily gentlemen racers. You know, a lot of these names uh, you may have never heard of if you weren't around the sports car racing. Uh, you know, imagine if you will, it's it's uh, the gentleman racer club style racer, but on a global scale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? I like that. Well, hey, look, anytime there's that kind of fun happening at Coda, we got to get excited about uh, that. Oh, you bet. So. You bet. All right. Speaking of getting excited, MotoGP today, it started to look like it was going to be a little processional and strategic and then with just a handful of laps uh, left mark marquez heartbreak everywhere. basically crashes but does the normal mark marquez he's basically got the bike laying on his side and all of a sudden he's back up and he's and takes a little trip through the gravel and finishes the race which is pretty much all he had to do in fact he didn't have to finish the race what yeah. do we do he crashed out this get back four, yeah skip back four years when he was the first guy to put the skid plate on his shoulder where's he gonna put the next one now after today's <laughs> it's move? gonna be a full body skid, <laughs> skid plate <laughs> so yes yeah, so mark marquez is your 2017 moto gp champion as probably expected i mean it was a bit of a tough haul for uh, Davicioso to win it. I mean, I love seeing Ducati with a shot at winning the championship because hey, I mean that's just exciting in itself. The fact that we were even considering that uh, in this placement is huge progression. You know, Ducati is now full fledged. They're not in that development scale of, that they were a few years ago. They're out there running. They've come back. It's really great. Coming up next, the Panigale Four. That's going to be something serious. I'm anxious to see how that plays in. First yeah. year, I'm expecting the aches and pains of a new engine on the grid but uh still just phenomenal heartbreak for the ducati guys in the last few laps losing both of the guys off in the weeds yeah and it was pretty interesting with the other thing that was a little bit interesting is when lorenzo uh, jorge lorenzo was ignoring team orders to let dovey through i mean yeah i mean yes i know that <laughs> yeah, you know. gave me the look but i know it's true <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah you know they're out there racing and but it is it is a team and i i get it so 
But it didn't take long for that not to matter. So you know, I just wish I could get out. inside one of those team discussions of, of asking, okay, you let me pass him. How much do I get paid for letting him pass me? <laughs> you know, and so, you know, things like that is, uh, you know, I wonder what happens to the guy that gave up a spot to his teammate, uh, how he's rewarded or if that's just considered an investment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Well, that certainly wraps up one of the most exciting MotoGP seasons in a long time, for sure, with the championship going down to the Johan last. Johan Zarco, watching yeah, next man. year. This yeah. is going to be cool. Yeah, Zarco, who won, what, the last two years in Moto2. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, was leading the race today and looked great all season. He's looked great all season. You're right. And to be quite honest, I was very surprised that he came in so strong right at the beginning of the season and continued it all the way through the season. I did not expect that level of uh, competition from him, but uh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, I know he's champion, but whenever they're moving up like that, you just you never know, though. He's obviously going to be a special talent. How many college football players do we see hit the pro and skid? That's true. (laughs) That is very true. So that's really kind of what I relate it to. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's shift back to Formula One. I know we got a little bit of Formula One at the top of the show, and uh, you know, obviously, the big story, of course, was Hamilton crashing and qualifying, starting on the in pit row, and and then at the beginning of the race when Sebastian Vettel jumped right out in front of Valtteri Bottas and pretty much cruised to the victory. Ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. But there was definitely some stories down the grid. I mean, uh, the. The big one we already did, we talked about a little bit, was Hamilton coming up through the grid and battling his way through and having the, the whether it was the gentlemanly waves through or, you know, the, the other thing was, is that you said it earlier, is that Hamilton is so fast and some of the, the passes that he made were truly, they were really pretty special. You know, it, I think there was, there, you weren't going to see some of the super aggressive battles, but some of those passes looked pretty amazing. Yeah, there was a lot of great work there and you know no doubt when you're that far back you've got a long road to hoe and that's going to be some of those things you know coming up i you know i question if if i was a you know lower performing driver and you know whether it's equipment or my own are you really going to mess with somebody like that you know that could jeopardize your future for one in getting to another team you know potentially that team he's on but then you're also just battling you know the the four-time champion and are you going to look any good or are you going to look like a petulant little freshman? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to play a couple of the clips because there was some good uh, there's some good discussion after the race some of the drivers. So, I think I want to start with the winner of the race. I want to start with Sebastian Vettel and see what he had to say about the race. Here's Sebastian. Great to see you back on the top step of the podium. You said yesterday you thought Mercedes was the faster car and you would have a struggle today to beat it. Where did that win come from? Well, I think from the start to be honest, uh it was obviously important for us to get past. Um, after that, to be honest, it was very close. I think we all had more or less the same pace. And I'm not sure, you know, being the lead car, for sure you have clean air, but on the other hand, you have no toe. <laughs> so I really wanted to disappear in the first thing and get him out of my side. Uh, I struggled and uh, he got a little bit closer. Then he went for the undercut, super close again. Um, so it was a very intense race. 
By the way, these clips are from uh, the F1 YouTube account, which is a phenomenal account now that Liberty has control of it. I'll be flat out blatant because it was it was disgustingly bad before, and that was Will Buxton okay. from NBC. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, hey, you know, we're going to have to call Will back after uh, the last race and I think find so. out what yeah, he's doing for the new year. Yeah, let's, but, uh, let's get him back on. No, you're right. I, I think there's a lot of changes, and, and we can – let's save that topic for a few more of these, but uh, to talk about Liberty Media and what we're already seeing and changes oh i know yeah in fact i think when you had the week off we went into in depth on some of these things but but obviously the the social media side it's not over and, and the, yeah yeah it's not over the changes that liberty's making and i was speaking of the changes that liberty's making there's been there was an interesting one that was a little bit quiet and it happened during the usgp weekend is the sirius xm radio is now carrying the races the play-by-play of the races that's right sirius xm you know Nationwide coverage for the United States. How cool is that? Yep, it's pretty cool. That's a pretty big step. Uh, And one of the things Jonathan has talked with, you know, off air about, there's no radio network that large overseas. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different scenario in the UK and other places. And he really felt it was just a misunderstanding of how big a radio audience is. Uh, for motorsports or something that we generally consider very visual. Well, obviously, the, the whole scenario with NBC no longer carrying Formula One and with ESPN carrying Formula One, and it, this, the whole and they knew over the top type of network is that what we're hearing rumors of. We don't know all the details yet, of course, but uh, but obviously that changes things dramatically. And so this will be it'll be interesting to see how it goes next year. The one thing I do like about for sure that I like about the the ESPN coverage and not has nothing to do with the guys because they did a great job at NBC. But, you know, you think about when you go to uh, a sports bar or whatever, they've got ES, they've got every single ESPN channel on. Right. And so you're going to get some organic watching of the races, because I'm assuming that the ones that are on in the middle of the night, they'll probably have an encore presentation sure. on ESPN, one of the ESPNs, which you'll have in a sports bar. So, I'm hoping that that is be that little bait thrown out. Yeah, somebody new. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and and so that's and that's just one small slice of that whole conversation. So I don't I don't know what else could possibly happen with that. But that was pretty cool that Sirius is now doing it, and it is going to be interesting to see what happens next year with the ESPN. I'm I'm really hoping that we're going to have more than uh, three races go to free air, as was the plan this year. Yeah, that's true. That is actually a big deal. I hope we get to see more as well. So uh, one thing I want to talk about before we're almost out of time, but we got a couple minutes left is, is um, and this is still Formula One discussion in a way because it's the Macau Grand Prix because uh, that's where Jonathan is. And of course, it starts, I believe it's Thursdays when you start being able to watch it, be able to watch it on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And if you don't know about the Macau Grand Prix, it is... Uh, it is a phenomenal series for uh, – it's really kind of the championship in a several different levels because it levels its cars and bikes. And there's been some phenomenal names, including this year. We talk about the Formula One connection to Macau Grand Prix. Lando Norris, who is the oh, test yeah. and reserve driver for McLaren F1, he's going to be down there. In fact, he is going to be uh, – he's going to be late to the Macau Grand Prix because – uh, of his testing with McLaren. So, but again, that's just, I mean, the names that have gone through Macau, uh, I wish Jonathan were here because his 25 years of, of walking through that, of the list of the drivers that have gone through the Macau Grand Prix is just phenomenal. 
but but that's a big deal and i think that if you haven't watched it before uh check it out because i mean i, I just i know some of the names are you might have heard a couple of these names Ayrton Senna, michael schumacher david coltard coltard uh felix rosenquist I mean, this incredible names that have done the the Macau Grand Prix, and it's a pretty special event to the, you know, they talk, you know, if you know if you know Macau, it's kind of the Las Vegas uh, of uh, of that part of the, the world, Orient, yeah. yeah. And so it is, uh, it's a phenomenal setup and and uh, very exciting. So make sure you check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We'll have that up there, and we're about out of time. And hey, but, but stick yes, around. Yes, we're getting to the end of the racing seasons, but there's still drivers ready to announce things, uh, how things are going to go in 2018. Christina Nelson says she's got something coming up. She's promised me to join us. Uh, our buddies at NBC, I want to know where those three guys at the desk and Will Buxton are going. Yep, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And we're going to, you know, and Speed City goes year-round, so we're, we got always like this... This uh, GP3, excuse me, the F3 discussion that we had today, there's going to be plenty more like that. We have lots of guests during the off season, so lots of stuff to talk about. All right, we got to run. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check us out on our SoundCloud account. We've got a SoundCloud and, of course, Facebook, Twitter, all of the above, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all.